Ahoy, me hearties. That's right. I attempted a, a pirate accent, and there's a reason. Uh, what is up? My hoskies, Fashoskis, uh, Sarah B here. Welcome to another episode of The Sarah B Show. And today is a special day because we're going to be talking cruise ships. That is right. I'm going to be going into all of the details about working on a cruise ship, what it's like, how I applied, how I got the job, uh, the whole process between that, um, just what it's like in the typical day of a crew worker. Um, this is not going to be any of the dirty details or crazy stuff that happened that'll be a you know, plenty of time for many more episodes with that kind of stuff. Although I do feel weird about it now, knowing that like my family and my boyfriend's family and <laughs> everyone listens. Uh, but no worries. I will get to that eventually. Um, but yeah, this is going to be all about what it's like to work on a cruise ship. Um, if you ever had any, you know, desire to do so, I can give you a little bit of information about that. And also some do's and don'ts um, as a passenger. I get a lot of questions uh, from people who are going to take a cruise for the first time. Or people who are, you know, constant cruisers and like, do you have any tips, you know, from a former crew member, that kind of thing. So, yeah, this is everything cruise ship. So all aboard, babies. Here we go. Okay, let's start off here. Um, How it was to work on a cruise ship. I used to go on cruises with my mom and as a family. I think my first cruise I went on was a Royal Caribbean and I was 11 years old. I remember at the time it was the biggest cruise ship that was out. I think it was the Explorer of the Seas, which probably looks like a freaking like tiny tugboat compared to the giants they have now. Like it's pretty crazy what they can do now with the cruise ships. It's almost a little scary, but they seem to stay aboard. Knock on wood. Um, <laughs> stay aboard. Stay afloat. But yeah, I've always loved cruises. Um, you know, there's just so much to do uh, depending on what kind of personality you have or what age you are. There's something for everyone. You know, they have arcades on board, which are so fun. I'll say right now a little sneak peek. I uh, That was the worst thing about being a crew member is we were not allowed to go to the arcade, which was such a bummer. There was one time ever in my two years of working for Carnival that they had a arcade night for crew members where they shut it down for like two or three hours and we could drink and play games. And it was so, so fun. I love a good arcade. Uh, But yeah, basically they have something for every age there, which is pretty awesome. Uh, But yeah, let me get to how I started working for Carnival Cruise Lines. So I was working in radio, obviously, uh, on the Lex and Terry show as an on-air personality. I started in 2009 and... um, Like I said, I went on many cruises with my mom. I always had the best time. There was a certain cruise I went on in 2012 uh, with my mom and some friends, and it was just a crazy, crazy time. We had a great time. And my favorite thing about going on these uh, cruises, (laughs) once I got, you know, a little more of age and having fun and flirty and into boys, is like there's so many different nationalities that work as crew members on there. So any given person you meet, you can see their name tag, which has their name, and then it has the country that they're from. And uh, so I went there like ready to like, you know, prowl other countries for sure. And on this specific 2012 cruise, I ended up hitting it off um, immediately with a guitar player, the singer songwriter. (laughs) I remember I was walking into the Red Frog pub, you know, with our Bon Voyage drinks. We were already pretty lit. And uh, this guy was uh, from I looked at his name tag. He was from New York. And I was like, ah, American. (laughs) Not interested, basically. And uh, he ended up coming and talking to me at the bar on his break. And one, I know it sounds awful. One, he's from New York, so I was like, meh. And then two, <laughs> he uh, he just wasn't my type at all. It's just like this curly-headed blonde dude. I, I wasn't really interested in him looks-wise or anything. And so basically we started having a conversation, and I was very much myself. 
because I didn't really care to try to be cool or look good or like I wasn't even attracted to this guy in the least. Well, it turns out we really hit it off. Um, he went to school for radio and music and all this stuff and blah, blah, blah. Long story short, we uh, we kind of fell in love that week, like hardcore. And you guys that listen to Lex and Terry's show know him as Marcus or Doodoo Boy as D deemed him, which was wonderful. Uh, but basically, uh, we got in a relationship. I would drive down to Galveston from Dallas every Sunday almost, which was like a five-hour drive just to see him for a few hours on Sunday when he got off the boat. And um, after that, he ended up moving from New York to uh, Dallas, quitting cruise ships, and we moved in together. It was the first time I've ever moved out on my own. Uh, and uh, <laughs> and with a guy, obviously, it was kind of crazy. Uh, we were together for two years. It was quite a roller coaster. We were both very, very young, like 22 and 24. Um, so you can imagine how that went. But yeah, so that was uh, kind of the thing. He worked on cruise ships. He stopped working on cruise ships for me to be with me. And I remember we broke up. And we still talked off and on for like a year or two. And, you know, I went on another cruise with my mom and and I had the idea that I would really want to work on there. And he was always like, well, what would you do on there? Like (laughs) really rude about it. And then I, I realized there's so many opportunities on there. And my whole idea at first was like, you know, this is a vacation spot. Like people are going on here to have like the time of their lives, to have a great time. Like I was like, who would be in a bad mood on vacation? That was my whole mindset. I would love to work in a place where everybody is happy all the time. You know, your customers are there to have a great time. You think everything would be perfect and jolly and wonderful. Oh, dear. (laughs) Little did I know. And I guess that's with any job, right? You think every job has its flaws. It's still a job at the end of the day. That's why they call it that. (laughs) But uh, basically, um, I was working in radio. I wanted to go work on cruise ships. You know, the last one I went on with my mom after the breakup, I was like, I think I could really do this. I'm really, really interested. I you know, pick the brains of a lot of crew members on that ship and, you know, ask how it was, this and that. And uh, met one of the guitar players on that last cruise I went on and it turned out he was a talent booker. Um, So I got his information. He's like, if you're really serious, apply, blah, blah, blah. So I thought about it really good and hard for a few weeks. You know, things were great. I had four jobs in Dallas, basically just because I wanted to. And I lived by myself and had my two birds and it was just a great time. But I did decide to apply for Carnival, not knowing if I'd get it or not. So I applied, uh, had to go through a whole interview process, you know, obviously on the phone, on Zoom, wanted to know my experience, um, all that good stuff. And basically, they ended up hiring me. Um, the last thing I had to do was they flew me out to Miami um, after I accepted to do a physical. They had to do a physical, blood work, all these vaccines, everything. And once that was done... Um, and they were like, you're hired. So I put my two weeks in at my radio job that I'd been at forever. And they were so shocked. Nobody saw it coming. I obviously I kept it like a total secret. I didn't I told nobody what I was like really wanting to do, except for my friend Cassie, who we talked a lot about it, you know, because she was moving to Europe and taking on new adventures, too. And, you know, change is scary. And that's a pretty big change. Um, so I got the job. And the hardest thing is like, so you're going to go live at sea, right? For my first contract was going to be out of Miami, Florida the contract was six months long. So you were on board for six months straight. There's no point in having a home or apartment. I mean, if you already have a house, obviously it's whatever, but if you have an apartment, what's the point in sitting there paying rent when you're not living somewhere? So I got out of my lease early. Um, the hardest part about everything was giving my birds up. Um, I didn't give them away. I found a wonderful couple who agreed to keep them for me while I was gone, which is awesome. 
Um, you know, I paid them a little and I also paid them or I sent them money for bird food as well. And they already had a ton of birds. You know, I knew them from the store that I worked at where I got my birds. They, they were just a perfect couple. Um, the bad thing about that <laughs> was um, my birds are extremely spoiled and they're used to literally only being in their cages basically for bedtime. Otherwise, they are out with me. You know, they get their fresh fruits and vegetables and noodles and eggs and whatever I decide to, you know, chef make for them in the morning. And then their other food at night. Like, they're, they're just very spoiled. They're used to being with me, on me, around me all the time. You know, Gatsby I would take out with me on patios to bars to, to eat, like whatever. Like, he would he would be everywhere with me. He's my baby. So, and giving them up was so difficult. I just remember packing up and moving I remember my mom and dad coming to help me take my birds in the cages to um, my friend's house. And uh, I was just, I was a mess. I was just broken and crying. And my poor babies, like, that's the hardest thing about animals. You know, it's sad to even leave them for like a few days or a week when you go on vacation. It's like you wish they could understand you to be like, hey, I'm going to come back. I promise. But they think you're leaving them forever, you know, and leaving mine for six months. That is a big deal. So that was the hardest part. And I honestly think probably the main reason I came back from cruise ships is I hated leaving them. And my birds were okay at first, uh, but, you know, they didn't get all that time out and attention and, you know, crazy hands-on constantly, which birds shouldn't have. But I did that from a young age and they were used to it. Uh, But my little one, you know, started having a really hard time with like my third contract. You know, he started plucking a lot and kind of destroying himself, had major separation anxiety. It was very sad. Uh, So basically I chose to come home and, and take care of them. You know, I could rehome them. I could find them somewhere new. But, um, you know, I, I got into this situation. <laughs> Ironically enough, it was because of the cruise ship boyfriend that I moved in with, Doodoo Boy. Um, I wanted a cat, a hairless cat, basically. And he was very allergic to cats and he didn't want a dog. So we agreed on birds. And then we broke up and he moved on. And now I'm stuck with them forever. <laughs> Gatsby just turned 10. Lilu, my other cockatoo, is 11. So they have a long way to go. But basically, I had to get rid of my apartment, pack up everything, um, you know, normally probably put it in storage, but I left it with my mom and dad, uh, which was very lucky and kind of them to do that. Boxes all in the room, super fun. And uh, yeah, so I packed my bags and went off to Miami, Florida to my very first contract, which was on the Carnival Splendor. Um, A great ship, super fun. Uh, It's like one of them, I think the only one of its kind in the whole Carnival fleet, And it's known as the pink ship. Like, everything in the interior is pink. And if you've never been on a cruise, like, cruise ship designs are so gaudy and, like, cheesy and over the top. But you, like, gotta love it. It's very, like, Las Vegas (laughs) on a boat, basically. Um, So, yeah. I I remember never being as nervous as I ever have been in my life going to the ship. Like, not knowing what to expect. Flying out by myself. Knowing I'm not going to see my family or friends for six months. Um, the crazy thing is a lot of people work even longer than that. Like the waiters, bartenders, um, housekeeping, a lot of them have nine month contracts. And let me just add in (laughs) your contract. You get zero, zero days off. Now, if you're a dancer or singer, you have days off that you have to rest your voice and rest your body. You get like at least one day off a week. It might be two, but I'm not sure. Um, and, and a lot of the dancers and singers and stuff, they still do six month contracts. Like the actual musicians and bands do shorter, usually like maybe three months, you know, there's more burnout there and they got to keep their voices and their fangas fresh. You know what I'm saying? Um, <laughs> but yeah, for entertainment host and DJ, oh, by the way, that's what I got hired as <laughs> they hired me as a, inter- it was called a uh, host DJ. So basically you're half entertainment host, half DJ. 
Um, they also have regular entertainment hosts and they have professional DJs or your pro DJs. Um, how this works is basically I would set up the Lido deck, <laughs> which is the main outside deck on a cruise ship uh, with all the gear, all the you know DJ equipment, whatnot. And I would play for usually a two hour set out there. Um, I think my set started at like 11 a.m., 10 a.m. or 11 a.m., and I would play to like 1 or 2, and then the other DJ would come over and take over, and then they would usually do a deck party or some big ordeal or games out there on the actual cruise ship deck. Um, my other job as a DJ would be opening the nightclub. So I'd go put all the stanchions out, you know, the red carpet, uh, get all the lighting right, get all the stuff set up in the DJ booth, and the first hour every night in a nightclub is always a theme. So I'd have themes. I would do like Latin night, which was my absolute favorite. I learned everything I know about Latino music and Indian music and all my cool cultures on cruise ships. So fun. Uh, The worst would be like Michael Jackson hour. I had to play like only Michael Jackson for an hour. And I respect that man. Like what a great artist and musician, whatever. But I'm not a fan of his music (laughs) at all. And I had to pay an hour of Michael Jackson every single week for two years, basically. (laughs) So that was fun. Uh, there's also 70s night, 80s night, ladies night was always the first night, which was fun because I could kind of play whatever I wanted. You know, you got to throw some, all the single ladies, all the single ladies, all the typical, it's the ladies night and I'm feeling right. And you always get a free glass of champagne for that first hour as well. So I'll add that to the, uh, tips at the end of this podcast, uh, to make sure to take advantage of it. But that is one for you ladies. There you go. Um, So yeah, I was hired as a host DJ. So the other stuff I had to do was entertainment hosting, which would basically be like doing deck parties, dancing, get everybody in like for the fun. I would also host games and activities. I would do the trivias, Um, basically anything you could think of. We were called the fun squad. So we were in charge of making sure all guests had fun. Now, there were some definite uh, worst parts to host, um, being an entertainment host. Uh, One specifically that comes to mind was cornhole. That was the worst event ever to host because let me just tell you, I would get, <laughs> I would get such anxiety. Like if I look at the schedule on Sunday for the upcoming week and I saw that I was hosting cornhole, I'd be like, mother effer, like this is going to be the worst week of my life. Like you would literally dread up to that moment. And the worst part, it would usually be at like 5 p.m. or 5.30 p.m., which, you know, you'd want to get that event over quickly because then you have your, like, little stint of time, maybe, like, 45 minutes that you can go to the crew mess and eat your dinner. It would never be that way with Cornhole. It was the biggest event. You could only have a certain amount of teams. I mean, you have to think an entire Cornhole tournament is going to take forever if you actually play it the right way. And everyone wanted it played the right way. And you would go out there for Cornhole, oh, my God. There would be, like, 50 to 75 people there waiting just waiting and fighting to get on this list. And it was just awful. Like, this is my name. This is my team name. This is that. I've been here forever. And they would make you have a cutoff as the host. You could only have so many teams. And do you know how many times people yelled at me, screamed at me, got in my face? We paid for this vacation. You're here for us. You should stay out here longer. Oh, should I, sir? Should I really? Let me just, you know, wipe my schedule that I was made the rest of the night. You can go DJ in the club. We can stay out here and play cornhole. How about that? Like... Oh my God, it was just, it was so awful. People would go complain to uh, guest services constantly about not enough teams on cornhole. Like, just ridiculous. I'm the guest. You're here to, for my pleasure and satisfaction. The amount of times I heard that, my God. Anyway, it was a nightmare. Um, so I learned quickly when I did a contract in Australia, <laughs> they do it a certain way there, which Australians love. Australians don't know how Americans are about cornhole. It is just terrifying. So in Australia, basically, you get one cornhole board 
and you get everyone in a big line and everybody gets four bean bags. You get to throw it and see who does the best. And then like the finalists go against each other. It's so much easier and chill. And I started doing that in America when I came back and oh my God, everyone was so pissed. Wait, we thought this was a tournament. And I'm like, no, it's not a tournament. This is the way we're allowed to do it. You know, I just made up my own dialogue so that people wouldn't yell at me or at least like thought those were the rules. <laughs> it would go so much quicker, so much smoother. Or oftentimes, you know, your big douchey men wouldn't even want to play at that point. Like, screw this, I'm going to dinner. All right, bro, eat a rib for me. Like, I don't know, whatever. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Oh, I'm getting like angry and fired. <laughs> I'm getting angry and fired up talking about this. I'm also all over the place. I'm a little hungover today, which I should be used to from cruise ship days. My God, it was a constant party as a crew member. Um, the crazy thing, uh, it was all, every day was on. Like I said, it's a six month contract. And as an entertainment host, a DJ, anything in that department, you do not get any days off at all. So you would work seven days a week for six months. And uh, the hours were long. I think maybe like the shortest day would probably be like a port day where you didn't have a whole lot scheduled. Um, port days are where you have a port you stop in, um, you know, somewhere in Mexico, Honduras, Jamaica. A port day is where you port at a port. Obviously, you stop at a port and everybody gets off. So it's a little easier. Now, as an entertainment host, you have to get off and do um, peer duty or do... Um, Oh my God, I'm, I'm like going totally blank to what they actually called it. But basically you'd have to meet downstairs at like 6 a.m. Uh, depending on what time the ship got into port and we'd have walkie talkies. There would be two crew members on different levels of each exit and entrance um, that the guests could come down to and we'd have to sit there and like basically guard the doors and, uh, you know, basically getting everybody off the cruise ship, like herding sheep, <laughs> basically. A lot of angry sheep uh, that wanted to get off that cruise ship now. Man, oh man. And I'll get more into this later, all the bad stuff about it. But so those would be port days. And basically after you would work that, um, you would get off for a few hours. So you could either, you know, sleep, catch up on sleep, catch up on laundry, uh, go to the gym, get off the ship and do your own thing in port, uh, whatever you want to do, go grocery shopping. Um, and then your duties would continue usually in the afternoon. Um, unless you, it was a sea day. Sea days are where you don't stop at any ports and your schedule Oh my God. I need to take a picture of one of my old schedules and post it. It's just amazing. You you don't get a break. There'd be maybe like 15 minute increments, but you're like eating on the run if you get to eat, if you're lucky. It would just be running around like a chicken with your head chopped off constantly. It was just, and that was every day, every day. My God. And then the worst part is like, you think you'd go home and go to sleep after, but we had our own crew bar downstairs on deck zero. Um, where it would be open till 2 a.m. And the drinks were cheap. I think every drink was like $1.15 or something. Um, shots, drinks, everything you wanted. So, so cheap. Uh, and so people, you get off work, you know, but work hard, play hard. You would get off work and just go like, just drink like a fish every night. I think, especially on my Australia contract, I didn't go to bed before 4 a.m. And your day would usually start at 6 or 7 a.m. So you work like 15 hour days basically and then sleep like two to three hours. I don't know how I'm alive basically. 
I get I did gain um 17 pounds my first contract in six months I gained 17 pounds I was eating like crap I was never sleeping I was drinking so heavy never working out or going to the gym oh my gosh it was it was so bad <laughs> it was so bad um so yeah uh one more tidbit I guess being an entertainment host or this happens on every uh every department every team um there was a host on duty is what it was called in the entertainment department. Otherwise it would be called, um, what do you call it? Uh, I don't remember. I have to think, sorry guys. My brain is like so dead today, <laughs> but basically host on duty is somebody, it would be your week. So you'd rotate. You usually have like seven to 10 members of your fun squad, depending on what size the ship was. Um, but one week you would have to be host on duty where you would not be allowed to get off the ship at all which was such a bummer. So on the opening day when, you know, all the new passengers were getting on, you had all like a list of duties that you had to get ready for like award shows, for, you know, fun shows, for just there was so many things you had to do as being the person on board. And uh, basically all week long, like the, this, the days were, they'd be port days where everybody would normally get off the ship. There's a lot of people that like going on cruises just to stay on the boat. And, you know, a little tip, if, if you want it to be more chill and you want to enjoy the pools and the food and all that kind of stuff, like stay on board during a port day. If you have no desire to get off or do anything, because the ship is so much more chill. There's barely anyone on it. <laughs> uh, all the good food places that sometimes aren't open on sea day or yeah, on the sea days are open. Um, some little special places you can go to. All the pools and hot tubs are basically empty. You can actually get a chair on the deck and enjoy it. Um, and then there'll be games and trivia because the host on duty has to stay on board and the entire day, like your day from like 9am to like 4 or 5pm when everybody gets on board is trivia. Literally every 30 minutes you have a new trivia. So it's like Harry Potter trivia, Brady Bunch trivia, Big Bang Theory trivia, science trivia, math trivia. Oh my God. It was just, so you basically would stay in, in that like auditorium or the lobby or wherever with your microphone a bunch of paper and pencils, your little plastic fun ships they used to give out. And you would literally have people that would be like waiting there for you, congregating. Now, as a host on duty, the best thing that can happen for you is if you have nobody show up to your trivia, then you can like have that 30 minutes free to, to get a break, which is like unheard of when working on ships. So if nobody shows up, you could literally go back to your room and take a nap for 25 minutes. And that would be magic. So when you go to a trivia or a game and nobody shows up, it is heavenly. Now, the worst part is you, you know, wait around five minutes or so. Nobody shows up. You leave. One person might come up like 10 or 15 minutes later being like, well, where's the trivia? And then they go complain to guest services that they went and no one was there. Like, it's just it's an it's a lose lose. But man, uh, it would be great when nobody would show up. So anywho, uh, these are <laughs> these are just some like tidbits and facts of how it is. Um, it would be fun because you could get off at mostly every port if you wanted to. Um, and you know, you'd have hours or like usually a whole day, uh, to go do stuff. We usually got excursions for free or like a very discounted price, um, which was pretty awesome. Or at a lot of the ports, they have bars and clubs and places just for crew members. A uh, personal favorite of mine is <laughs> Cozumel, Mexico. It's called No Name Bar or Crew Bar. Um, and they call it that because there's not even a sign out front over it. So if guests or passengers are walking by, they would never know it's a bar inside or anything like that. And it's a no-name bar is a crew bar that is made for crew and by crew. So it's old crew members that used to work on ships that opened this bar there. And, uh, 
you know, I'll tell you why not if you passengers want to go. It's kind of fun to see crew members in action and just relaxing, and you can go hang out, get some good stories, buy some shots. But it's at Hotel Barracuda in uh, in Cozumel, and it's a great little place. There's the ocean there you can swim in, a dock you can jump off, you can be topless if you want. Uh, they have a swim-up bar, uh, great pina coladas and margaritas. The food is good. It's just a great place. Good Wi-Fi. Um, another cool thing about that place would be a massage parlor right next door would do like $20 uh, massages for crew members for like an hour. And it was just, oh, God, it was so wonderful. It was so wonderful. I do miss that. It was really, really fun. So um, I could go into this some more. Uh, I need to do several episodes on on cruise ships, I swear. This is just kind of the consensus is on getting hired, what the contracts were like. So basically, you'd work on there for six months. Um, you get time. You can get as much time off as you want in between. I think after like four months or something, you have to like reapply or maybe it was six months. So normally people would take like one to three months at home. I usually did two months at home in between contracts, and I did four contracts. Um, my other ships were the Carnival Miracle, um, the Carnival Legend, which was out of Sydney, Australia, and was unbelievable. And then my last, or and I think my last one was the Carnival Breeze out of Galveston. So uh, Carnival Miracle I worked in, it started in Long Beach, California. We eventually did a big uh, like transatlantic or something they call it, a transferring cruise basically. And, and then our home port was Tampa, Florida. Um, and it was right beside the stadium where the Bolts play, which was pretty cool. And right beside Hooters, so we'd always go eat at Hooters every time. Anyway, I'll have to do more stories on another episode because I have so many. But basically, I'm going to end this with uh, cruise ship tips and uh, and then a little segment called Don't Be That Asshole. So here's a couple of tips for you, um, whether or not you've, you know, it's your first cruise ever, whether or not um, you've been on several, and maybe this could help you. Once again, I did work for Carnival. There's so many cruise lines out there, so maybe something similar to this. But if you're going on Carnival specifically, um, here's some tips. Um, excursions. You don't necessarily have to book any excursion. And if you do, you can also book them through, you know, different parties off the cruise ships. But Carnival has, and you know, every cruise ship line has excursions you can book through them. Now, Carnival specifically, um, you can maybe go get it cheaper, get it done differently somewhere else. Think about how responsible you are. That's what I beg of you. Because if you go on a carnival excursion and it is running late or you guys get a flat tire or some freak accident happens and they're late coming back, the cruise ship cannot legally leave you. If it is a carnival excursion that is running late and you're not back, they will not leave you. So you will not get left behind. I'm sure you guys have seen videos and heard of runners. And these are the uh, usually drunk passengers that get back late or haven't you know, kept track of time. The cruise ship is pulling away and people are running like, don't leave me. They will not stop for you. Now, if you are in a carnival excursion, they will. So, uh, you know, think about kind of traveler you are. Um, if you if you are worried about that, then definitely if you want to do an excursion, book through Carnival. If you have your wits about you or at least a responsible person in your party, uh, definitely book one. But look, give yourself plenty of time to be able to get back to the ship on time. That is always a scary thing. They will leave you. They will literally go to your um, your room, get your passport, all of your legal documents and leave them there on the dock with the um, officials. And you get there and, and you get your documents and then that's it. <laughs> you're, you're done. Uh, you can either fly to the next port and get on or fly home and get all your stuff there. But either way. Um, now, it's not ever necessary to book an excursion. You can always just get off at the port there and explore. There's usually several restaurants um, right around the area. A lot of really touristy ones. But some hole-in-the-wall cool local places as well. Tons of bars right off the port. A ton of shopping. 
get ready to be like, no, thank you. No, thank you. No, thank you. A lot. <laughs> or my favorite in, uh, in Mexico, uh, they have the, uh, leather and boot shop there and everybody just screams at you boots, boots the whole time. So cute. Uh, so yeah, there's some tips for that. Uh, what else? I always recommend people, if you're going to eat in the dining room and you don't have to, uh, there's buffets and other places to eat all around the ship. But if you're going to actually do dinner at the dining room, definitely go to dinner on the first night because that's how they set up where you're supposed to sit, who you sit with, you're, and you'll be eating at the same place with the same people or your own table every single night. So always go to dinner on the first night. It's very important. Meet your server. The waiters and waitresses are so sweet, and they love their job. They also do these cool little dances, which when I was a crew, before I was a crew member, I would always feel bad for them because it seemed like it was like I was like, are they being forced to do these dances like on top of working like a million hours and working their asses off? But no, they love the dances. Everybody always thinks that they're like being mistreated or they're miserable. They live for these dances. <laughs> it's like the funnest part of their job. They really love it. So uh, definitely go for that. Watch it. Join in. Have fun. They love that part of their job for real. So um, another thing I recommend is getting your fun times. That on Carnival is a little pamphlet, basically. It used to be a pamphlet. I think it's all online, like on your phone now, like an e-fun times. But it's basically like a a daily schedule of everything that is going on on the ship from, or from the crack of dawn to the end of the night, everything. It has a list of every show's what it's about, what's going on in the club, the nightclub, you know, what the bar specials are, the drink special of the day, the Lido deck games, you know, auditorium specials, like everything is in this. There's even stuff they do for singles, for LGBTQ+, like it has everything in it, which is super cool. And uh, so I definitely recommend getting that, you know, scouring it while you say get a highlighter or a pencil to circle it. But again, I think it's all on the phone now and you can actually like you know, click your favorites and it'll add them to a list for you. And, and you can see, (coughs) excuse me, what you have that you want to do for that day, which is pretty awesome. Um, and some of the highlights I will tell you about, uh, you know, some little hidden secrets and hidden gems. Uh, they have an opening show on the first night that kind of showcases the singers a little bit. Um, you're, cruise director will come out and he'll pick a few couples from the audience. So if you're newlyweds or you're a couple, they're cruising, definitely go to that. I will tell you, they'll get you on stage and it will be embarrassing, but it'll also be really fun and you can win amazing prizes. Um, if you don't win the grand prize, you still get like chocolate covered strawberries, you know, your little ship on a stick, uh, basically a free bottle of champagne, um, some other stuff, but the main winner gets a really cool stuff. They get all that, they also get some uh, coupons for free excursions, usually um, a big bag of candy, which as a host on duty, we used to have to like get that candy together. So you'd always get like your favorite candy and eat some of it <laughs> before you put it in the bag. It was so good. Oh, anyway, so that and uh, the cool thing, too, is if you win that big prize package, you have two seats that are reserved for you either at the early show or the late show every single night for the entire week which is super awesome. So, and it's free. I mean, you just go to this, you play a little game on stage. It's fun. You meet people. Um, you're part of the party. So that's a, that's a tip for you guys. Another one on the first sea day. So day two of your cruise, they have a thing called Fafa for short. It's fun aboard, fun ashore. So that's the fun aboard, fun ashore show. Again, this is something as a passenger, I never would have wanted to go on. I'm like, ah, that's some like crap shopping show. Like, I don't want to listen to a bunch of people talk about crap and, you know, spend all my money on stuff. No, this thing is awesome. So you have like your shopping expert who runs the show. Your cruise director is also there with them. 
Uh, they make it really fun. And I know this because as host on duty, I had to go be the assistant. <laughs> and uh, they give away so much free stuff, you guys. Free clothing, free coupons for like bedding from like Caraloha, the really expensive bamboo sheets, sunglasses. They give away like dolphin swim excursions, like these like two to four hundred dollar excursions. They they have so much free stuff there. So again, this is um your first sea day, aka your second day on the ship, um, or your second cruise day or whatever. Uh it's called Fun Aboard Fun Ashore Show. And you can look in your fun times and see where this is at and definitely go to that because you can get some really cool stuff. And the best part, they have waiters and waitresses walking around serving you drinks. I mean, you can't really beat that. Um, another thing that happens on the first sea day is called the steakhouse demo. So every carnival ship has a steakhouse on it. Um, the steakhouse to eat at it, you do have to book it um, online or book it. Um, you can book it there while you're on the ship, or if you book through a travel agent or a um, you know cruise ship travel agent, you can tell them you want to go and they'll book that for you. I met an amazing cruise ship uh, travel agent this weekend at a party. I think I'm still hungover from that party, by the way. Her name was Barb. Shout out to you, Barb. You are a rock star, and I loved hanging out with you. Um, so yeah, you can book it through them. It, it is extra money. Now, the steakhouse is something you will have to pay extra and tip for, which you should, <laughs> uh, but it is so worth it. Something at Carnival, like if you do the dining room eating and you do the steakhouse, it sounds it sounds like a lot, <laughs> but you can actually order as much as you want off the menu and they cannot say no. So like, for example, they have like lobster bisque as an appetizer, crab cakes, um, you know, oysters on the half shell. Like if you wanted all three, you could literally order all three. It's not just one, one, one. So don't like go and get it and not eat the food. That would be super wasteful. But also kind of like don't care what people think. This is your cruise. This is your vacation. You're paying good money for this. Order what you want, man. Like and the, the steakhouse is delicious. Now, let me give you this to me is the most important insider tip. And you guys are going to laugh. But oh my God, wasabi mashed potatoes on Carnival at the steakhouse. They have mashed potatoes you can order and you can actually ask for a wasabi in it. And it is weird sounding, but the best thing I've ever tasted. I still crave their wasabi mash like all the time. I've even tried to recreate my own. It's good, not as good, but oh my God, it is absolutely freaking delicious. (laughs) And they have a great wine selection and cocktail list exclusively to their steakhouses. Um, so definitely look at that. But what I was getting to, if you want some free stuff and you want to, you know, test it out, maybe you don't want to pay for it and go, um, but you could do this or you can do this to decide if you want to book a reservation at the steakhouse. But on that first sea day, they have a steakhouse demo. This costs you absolutely zero money. It is in the steakhouse. They set out a bunch of tables and chairs. The chef actually gets a microphone and they do an actual demo. So they'll come out and do like a demo of one of the appetizers. Usually it's the lobster bisque or, you know, crab cake or something like that. So they'll talk about how they make it. They have a chef there that makes it in front of you. And it's like a cooking show. It's really cool. And then after they bring you out, everybody, a plate of it. After that, they do the salad. They usually do their warm, uh, like bacon and blue cheese crumble salad. Delicious. And they'll bring that out again and you all get to try it. And then they'll do either like lobster or steak. You get to try it. And same with the dessert. Usually it's their delicious tiramisu. So not only do they do a cooking demonstration for you, it's really fun to watch. Usually the chefs are very funny and cheeky. Uh, They bring you out a sample of everything. So you get free steakhouse food and they give you a recipe card at the end. So you can go home and cook all this if you want. It's pretty awesome. And then you can make a reservation. Usually you get a discount if you attend the cooking demo. So there's your great little tidbit. Um, it was always amazing if you were a host that got assigned to doing the steakhouse demo because you'd be there just assisting, basically. 
Um, but then you'd always get the steakhouse food after, <laughs> which was just awesome. So anybody that ever got uh, scheduled to do that was super happy about it. So there is a tidbit and uh, and there you go. If you like singing and dancing, the shows are really fun to watch. I have to say I'm not a show person, but oftentimes they're really, really fun. They're only like 45 minutes or so. Um, so those are, those are good times, but definitely read and check your fun times. I have so many more cruise ship episodes coming up, you guys. I've talked to former uh, employees and uh, shipmates of mine recently that are going to be on some upcoming episodes talking about crazy times and stories and, you know, their experience. So that'll be really fun to do. I cannot wait to do that. And I could go on and on here. This is already a longer podcast than I wanted. I'm just going all over the place. There's so much to cover. But I'm going to start or end, sorry, with a couple of uh, tips on don't be that asshole passenger. Um, Number one. Do not go downstairs early on the port days. When you're going into port, like we know you're excited. You get to get off the ship you've been on for a few days. You get to see Jamaica or, you know, Roatan or the Lees. It is unbelievable. It's going to be great. But don't go down earlier than they say. And they will start prepping you with this on the ship. Like, you know, telling you all about what time we're going to be there, what time you can start coming down and what exits you can take. Do not go out early. If you go down, we have to send you back upstairs. They literally will do like sweeps and walkthroughs, like the officials when you finally dock. And if there's too many people or it's overcrowded, they won't, it'll like delay the process of getting off. So you do nothing from going downstairs except for possibly delaying the process, pissing us off. Like (laughs) everybody's just fighting. There's nothing but a crowded hallway. The way better way to do it is to go get breakfast or sleep in or order room service and sit there and like, chill in your room, you know, drink your mimosa, eat your breakfast, chill. I mean, doesn't that sound much better? Like going down at the time you're supposed to, and you can just walk right off instead of going in a storming crowd of like angry people, like all congested. It it is awful. So that's basically our job for like two hours. We sit there with walkie talkies and making sure nobody goes where they're not supposed to. And it has been a, a mess down there. We have stanchions that we have to set up and, you know, hooks over the doors but then there's been literally passengers that'll like walk over them or like push them down and storm off like there's been people that have come down at like 5 a.m when the ship is still moving like bro you really went off the ship that bad like you you're ready to jump overboard and, and go to Jamaica good luck getting there so that is my advice to you do not go down before they tell you to if anything wait as late as you can and you'll have the easiest time getting off like it, it's so much better so uh, don't be that asshole that goes down early on port days and to piggyback on that, don't be that asshole that goes down on debark. Now, debark day is the worst, absolute worst day as a crew member on any cruise ship. It is a day where all the passengers get off the ship and the new ones come on. It is the longest day that we have. It starts very early at like 4 a.m. and it ends very late, you know, when we finish final activities for the night. It is the longest, most hard, stressful day of the week. And it comes once a week, um, obviously. <laughs> so... To make matters worse, a lot of times you're in a bad mood, or not a bad mood, just like, I don't know. Uh, On debark day, it's when a lot of crew members sign off and go home. So you could be losing best friends or boyfriends or girlfriends or roommates that are leaving. So it's a really sad day for a lot of people. It is also a very hungover day because (laughs) that's like the, the night that you go to crew bar and you're like, oh, finally the week is over. We start a new one tomorrow and everybody gets insanely drunk and there's a lot of going away parties and it's just it's a chaotic night so basically you roll out of bed still drunk and (laughs) show up and it is also the day that all the passengers are ending their vacation and trying to get home so everybody wants to get off immediately 
to get their week back and ready and they can go back to work and everybody's angry and sad and upset because their vacation is over. And it's just everybody's miserable, basically. And once again, do not come down before it is your turn to get off the ship. So there is a self-debark, debarkation process where you can take all of your luggage down yourself and get off yourself. Otherwise, if you set your luggage outside of the door, they bring you luggage tags to um, give you and whatever number you are, it goes like one to like 25, depending or something, who, how many people are on the ship. So if you're like zone 25, you're going to be like the last one off and you're not going to be off till late, late, like 10 a.m. or something. Um so if you want to get off really quick, I suggest self-debark. That's also when I suggest not packing too much because you are responsible for your own luggage if you get off yourself. If you want off immediately before everyone else, do self-debarkation. You will be off way sooner than everyone else. But again, just you know, be friendly. Be very friendly. And remember, everybody's having a tough time. Don't be rude. <laughs> if you see an open elevator, get in. Even if it's going up and you're trying to go down, these elevators will stay full. So if you see an open one, get your spot immediately. And just be friendly to the people that are trying to guide you. All the breakfast places are still open. So my best advice is either get down early, try to get off like first, or you know, enjoy yourself. Don't be in a rush. Go up and have breakfast. There's always breakfast, coffee, music playing. Like There's always entertainment of some sort. So I don't know. I, I feel like that's the easiest way to enjoy it. Be chill. Don't get in a hurry. But either way, it, like I said, it's going to be a shit day for you, for everyone. Um, you'll get off eventually. Just try to be nice and keep a smile on your face. And to wrap this up, the last don't be that asshole. And this one gets me. And Barb, my cruise ship friend, agreed with this. I effing hate this. I almost hate to even say this because I don't want to put the idea in people's head. But... Do not go to guest services the night before the cruise ends and remove your gratuities. People, like why? Why would you do that? There's people that literally get excited when they find out that you can do this and they tell everyone, hey, just so you know, and there will literally be a line at guest services at like 11 p.m. midnight the night before the cruise ends of people trying to remove their gratuities. Now, they're doing this because they're cheap assholes who think they can save a penny or two. Now, you're taking the gratuities off of these people that work their asses off for you. And I'm not talking about me. Entertainment hosts like us, we don't get those gratuities. This goes to your room steward, the person that's literally making your bed every day, cleaning your room, bringing you fresh ice, bringing you drinks, changing your linens, making you your little cute towel animals, just cleaning up after your nasty ass, like literally constantly working. Anytime you come back to your room or leave your room, you see your room steward there. They are never not working. They are always on. And most of them have families at home. This is their only option for a job. There's so many that have newborns or miss their baby's birth, like can't even see their family or be around their family. They're missing all of this to be there to work because they have to. And you're really going to go take your freaking gratuities off because you're that cheap that you want to save a little money. No, they work their asses off. It goes to housekeeping. It goes to your wait staff. Um, you can still give extra gratuity. Like another thing, if you see someone during the week or, you know, you spend all your time at one bar or somebody really stands out to you in a restaurant, you can go to guest services and get envelopes from them and put extra cash in there, you know, write a thank you, no, like whatever, and give it to somebody that really stood out to you. Um, so anyway, just do not be that asshole that goes and removes your tips. There's no reason for that. If you can't afford to tip or give gratuity even a little bit, like you shouldn't be on that effing cruise. Nothing gets to me like 
Just the the way you see these people work their asses off, that just kills me. That's like going to a restaurant and spending like a hundred, two hundred dollars and stiffing them on a tip. That that's what that's like. Like it's so bad, you guys. So please, please don't do that. Um, another thing too, last little bit. Um, you'll get a review thing in your email after you do your cruises. Um, it'll say like, does anybody stand? Did anybody stand out to you? If so, would you like to recognize them by name? If you put yes and you put their name and you put like a blurb about them or why they made your trip special. These really help us um, as, you know, as workers. Um, They have every week a little blurb that they post in our I-95. That's what we call our deck zero where everybody walks around and we eat and live and everything. Uh, They post all of these comments and every week your department has a meeting and they actually read these out loud to your group and you can get like, you know, um, a special awards, a raise, like, so this stuff really helps. So if somebody really did stand out to you, uh, those reviews are definitely read and definitely looked at and, and mean things. So there's your last little tip. I hope this has been fun for some of you guys. Um, I did go on a cruise recently. I say recently, it's been a year ago again, but it was so fun to go back and like, I actually went and cruised on one of the ships I worked on and it was just like, oh my God, the nostalgia, it was real. Made friends with crew members on there. Went to No Name Bar with them that week. It was so fun. Um, El Teco, or John, my boyfriend, as you guys heard him last week. And I've had a great response to that episode, by the way. So thank you, everyone. Um, He has never been on a cruise, but he gets insanely seasick. A few years ago, we went to Cancun and stayed at a resort. We went to swim with um, whale sharks, which was like bucket list for me. And I do have to say it was a small boat and it was like a two hour ride out to where these whale sharks were. And, uh, oh, he was so ill. My poor baby he was throwing up the whole time, like every five minutes. He even threw up right before we jumped in the water together to swim with the whale sharks. Like on video, I have him like vomiting this awful yellow putrid color <laughs> into the ocean. And they're like, go. So he vomits. We both dive in and we're like whale sharks. It was just absolutely magical. So anyway, I'm, I'm kind of scared to take him on a cruise. He wants to go. But I'm I'm really worried that he'd get seasick or be miserable the whole time. And if maybe we could start with a short one. Uh, another tip too, if you have your shorter cruises, especially on Carnival, the three to five day cruises, those are the party cruises. So just know if you go on one of those, it will be loud, it will be crowded, it will be crazy. There will probably be a lot of fights. Um, it's very fun and entertaining. So um, <laughs> usually, the longer the cruises, the more laid back it is. The shorter the cruise, the crazier it is. So um, we call those the booze cruises, the short ones. Anyway, I could go on and on, but I'll think of more tips. I'm going to have some of my former uh, friends and coworkers and roomies from ships on here to talk about stuff. I will get to the dirty details. Basically, I call it 50 Shades of Blue. It was like <laughs> Christian Grey on Etsy. Oh, my God, the stories I have. So anyway, I hope you enjoyed some behind-the-scenes information about cruise ships. Uh, again, thanks for all the positive feedback I'm getting. If you guys have any more questions or want me to touch on any more of this, let me know or any other subjects at all. I'm always down to take ideas. I can use all the ideas I can get, uh, to talk about. I've had a lot of good ones already. So, um, spam me, baby, Sarah B show at gmail.com. Hit me up there. Send me an email. Let me know any thoughts you have again, or topics or whatever. So there you go. Thanks for listening. I am going to take my hungover ass home and take a nap. And there you go. That's my day. I love you all. Have a great week and thanks for listening. Mwah.